0: Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. I'm Kelsey. And it's time to hate watch with us. Welcome to our variety show for sarcastic people. Woo! Yeah. So... If you are a new listener, you're probably like, that was a lot of words, and <laughs> that seems aggressive, so just hang on a second, we'll come back to you. If you're an old listener, you're probably like, everything's different, and I don't even know what show I'm on. And I have an explanation for you, if you're ready for
1: it. We have so many explanations.
0: We, yeah, the next, like, five minutes, we're going to throw a lot of information at you, and all of it is exciting. It is.
1: So, first up. Kelsey sounds different. I sound so different, guys. I'm like a new person. What happened to you? I upgraded my Sonic Zone. To a Sonic Paradise. It is. It is a Sonic Closet Paradise, complete with the (laughs) gaudiest lamp I could find from Ikea on sale for $6.99. Well
0: done, my friend. Well done. So uh, you may have noticed in a couple of bind off episodes that she sounded different and then a couple of our recent episodes she sounded like old Kelsey so transition is hard and time is also hard because we live in a time warp <laughs> so yeah Kelsey's sonic sonic situation
1: is different it's called the hell closet during the summer because <laughs> it's hot and it'll probably be called ice town during the winter it's not <laughs> insulated yeah, I... uh,
0: at least it's lined in blankets am I right it is Like Cozy Town. (laughs) Cozy Ice Town. Cozy Ice Town. Ice Clown makes Cozy Ice Town. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the other thing that you might have noticed that was different is uh, we just snuck a tagline in there. We did. So that's cool. And the other thing... That's different. Is you may have noticed that our theme song has changed. It now has the addition of a little, a little sound, a little sound that says Thought Bubble Audio. It does. So,
1: Kelsey, why don't you tell me a little bit about what happened there? So, our wonderful podcasting friend Frank reached out to us a couple of weeks ago now and asked us to join the Thought Bubble Audio Network and. It's a really fun group of people. There is a growing number of podcasts on the network right now. They're all sort of like nerdy, geeky pop culture focused, which is kind of our dream world. (laughs) And we're really excited to be a part of it. It's going to be great. Yeah, we have new tagline,
0: new stinger, new network, new friends, all kinds of stuff happening over at Heatwatch. And it's really exciting because it's going to let us do more cool podcasting stuff.
1: Yeah. And nothing will change from what we've been currently doing besides those little bits and pieces. It's still we're still hate watching away.
0: Yeah. Yeah, everything else will be the same. The feed will be the same. Mostly the only thing that'll change for us and for y'all is that we have more friends now. Yeah. You know how we love friendship. We love so much friendship. And you new listeners, I told you we'd come back to you. So we're here to hate watch stuff. And as we mentioned in our tagline, We're sarcastic people who like a variety of things.
1: Yeah, so we're not going to be mean about our hate watches. It's pretty fun. We're also maybe sometimes going to hate watch our joy together about things that we like. Like we're going to do tonight. Yeah, we are. What else do we do? All sorts of fun things.
0: We play games. We do play games. We watch a lot of television. We watch movies sometimes. We do bind offs. So uh, you know, at the end of projects, it's a knitting thing. You'll you'll learn. Yeah, you'll, you'll catch up on the vernacular. Just, just just hop on board; it'll be great. Yeah, you're gonna get some hop ons. <laughs> okay, so today, so so that was a lot of stuff. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, we're excited to be telling you that. So grab your podcasting juice because now we're going on with the show. Yeah. So first, first we are going to be talking about a uh, new house buying show that my husband actually found on Netflix called what's for sale with the view
1: <laughs> I wrote it down as house with a view question mark <laughs> the title is memorable we we've called it like five different
0: things over the last couple days it's been that Canadian house show <laughs> it, it for a while it was uh what view for sale in my notes <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah, so we're we're gonna hate watch that, and then in our B segment, we're gonna hate watch our joy, and we are going to talk about some classic video games, particularly those of the simulator genre. So things like roller coaster Tycoon, The Sims, SimCity, and we're gonna spend a little bit of time on the recent reboot of that genre. It'll be great. Be super chill. Mm-hmm. So, Kelsey, why don't you kick us off with House View, selling views, views for sale. So,
1: (laughs) house view, home house, is. (laughs) View of house. Really? As they explain in the very opening with the really wonderful VO, it's all about the view. (laughs) (laughs) So, we've watched a lot of HGTV. We've seen a lot of Canadian house buying programs. For some reason, this is the absolute worst take on a Canadian house buying show that I have ever seen. It's, like, not even
0: peak Canadian, right? Like, it's not even, like, it's so Canadian that that's what makes it hate watch worthy. It's just, like, kind of broken. It's like a lemon house show. It's like the (laughs) lemon android, but for a house (laughs) show.
1: It is. So the premise of this show is that people... Come on, who want to buy a house with a view. Mm Mm-hmm. Presumably to the ocean or a lake. Or sometimes a lighthouse. Right. So they visit three properties. They choose one. And that's it. It's house hunters,
0: but the hook is that they want a house with a view. And that budget is typically not really an issue. That is my biggest gripe with this whole fucking show. So... not to jump ahead or anything, but they get these people on and they talk a little bit about the couple. It's not always a couple, usually a couple. So they get the couple on and they talk about what they're looking for. And then they just start looking at houses. And at least in the two episodes that I saw, they don't specify a budget. So in the first one, they look at a house that is four million dollars and they look at a house that's nine million dollars. And then they look at a house that's 5 million dollars and I'm sorry but that's not the same. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> it's I mean, in my mind once you're buying a house that's over like 2 million dollars it's all the same. But like it's it's also just not the same. And in the second one that I watched, the first house was 600,000 or like 695 or something crazy and the second house was two something and the last house was 150. And like again, not the same.
1: Right. Like I can go out and buy a house tomorrow for one fifty, maybe. Apparently. I like, can't go buy a house for five forty five or whatever. No. No. I'm not walking
0: into a lender's office tomorrow and being like, yo, hook me up with either one fifty <laughs> or seven fifty. I haven't decided yet.
1: One of the other problems with the structure of the show as it relates to budget is that When they first show the house, like, the beauty shot of the house, they put in the lower third the price of the house, and then they wait until the end of the showing to reveal it to the homebuyers, and they're, like, sometimes surprised and sometimes really blasé about it, and there's...
0: It's so weird. Like, awkward dramatic irony where the audience knows for, like, five minutes longer than the couple how much the house costs.
1: Right, but it doesn't really impact anything else about the show, so it... There's no
0: stakes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, there are no stakes because we have no idea if these people can afford the house or not. So the other thing that they do is the, the VO is telling you that these people are looking for a house in place and they want a view. And then he always says, and to help them find out how much a house with a view is going to cost... Is realtor, blah, 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 blah. He always says that line, though. He's always like, to yep. find out how much a view is going to cost
1: him. Get the Zillow app like every other person. <laughs>
0: they set it up so that you come into it expecting this to be about how houses are expensive. And a lot of times in home buying shows or home renovating shows, what that means is that the buyers have unrealistic expectations and are going to have their dreams shattered. Right. Like, that's why Property Brothers starts with a house that's out of the people's price range, because it's supposed to be like, shit's expensive, bursting your bubble. So they set that up, and then they don't tell you what the budget is. So especially for the first house that the people see, the realtor reveals the price, and it's like the big reveal. And as the viewer, I'm sitting there like, I don't know which way this is going to go. Like, is the person going to be like, LOL, I was looking to only spend $300,000, 9000000 is cute. <laughs> or did they expect this?
1: Right. And the first episode was, like, really fancy houses on the California coast. The second episode was kind of run down shoddy houses on Prince Edward Island. And I'm like, wait, the second episode was buck wild. (laughs) I thought the first episode was like batshit crazy. But the second episode
0: was buck wild, man.
1: (laughs) My other gripe with the format before we talk about these two episodes. Yeah. Is that there's no after segment. Mm, Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Most of why I watch house buying shows is to judge the decor before they move in and then judge the decor once they're in. Yep. And they just take that away from
0: me like it's okay. So I think that that's an important structural flaw. I think it allows you to see behind the curtain. And my main question is, like, what's the catch? Like, what's the facade here? Because there has to be one, right? Like, at this point, House Hunters has broken our souls into understanding That no one on a home buying show is actively seeking to buy a house, right? Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, those of you who know what I'm talking about will know what I'm talking about. Hopefully I didn't ruin anything, but. (laughs) (laughs) So what's the catch? So are these people not actually looking for a house or do they have a home in escrow and they're just looking at the other houses for funsies or like, what's the catch? And I think the fact that you don't see the after is because of whatever the catch is
1: Mm. so is it just like paid actors shopping for houses for fun
0: i like not that i'm like wearing a tinfoil hat or anything but maybe (laughs) i i think i think some shit is up like it's i don't know man i don't trust it i don't trust it any further than i
1: can throw it My favorite thing is that the realtor on the second episode carried around, like, a piece of paper that had, like, some sort of scripting on it. Oh my god, no way. Yeah. That explains a lot. (laughs) Oh my god, guys, this show is so shoddy. (laughs) The sound quality is worse than when I wasn't in my hell closet. It's tough. It's really tough. And, like, it's one thing for
0: Kelsey to not be in a hell closet and to sound like shit, but it's another thing for, like, a network. Also, let's spend a second on the fact that this show is on a network called Cottage Life. <laughs> is that a Canadian network? It must be. I couldn't find any evidence of, like, a parent company or whatever, which I know it, it has. I saw the networks that it's offered on, and they're all Canadian cable offerings.
1: <laughs> um, that's a that's a fear landscape, Rochelle. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I, like, I can't even. Yikes. Um. So, so I want to talk about... Yeah.
1: The people in the first episode.
0: Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. (laughs) It's so that shit crazy. (laughs) Please tell me that you wrote down their names. Oh, no. Fuck. They have really great
1: names. It's like Reinhold and something. (laughs) So this is a family from Austria. Yeah. Who also has a side house in Italy who have decided to uproot their family to LA so that their 15 year old can pursue her dream of acting, <laughs> which is like nice. But what kind of family is just like, sure, let's go to LA because you decided you wanted to do this in a moment of like teenage rebellion.
0: Yeah. Well, so she, she met like Barbara, Stry- Barbara, wow, <laughs> God damn it, <laughs> Who did she meet? Tell me Your more. mom. She met your mom. <laughs> uh, she met Barbara Streisand, I think, when she was like 14. And after that meeting, decided that she wanted to be an actress. But it's never made clear if she's ever acted, if she's ever been in a play, if she's been in a commercial. If, if this, this is she, why she's on the show. <laughs> if she even has an agent. But throughout the home search... As they're looking at different places, they do talking heads with her where she says shit like, well, this home seems a little far away from my career.
1: It's Like, you're 15. She has so much agency. Right? Like, they what? Basically what? let her decide which house they're going to spend a casual few million on.
0: I feel like she should have been required to send their lender her IMDB page before they made that purchase. <laughs> <sighs> Like, what have you been in? Yeah, that this is necessary. Yeah. And they never say what anyone does. They don't in the second episode either. So no. it's like I have no context for why these people are owning multimillion dollar houses across the world.
1: No idea. They sure do let their dog run around on other people's furniture, though they huh. bring their fucking dog, and the dog is not on a leash nope
0: and so like the first house that they go to has a private beach so they open the screen door and the dog goes running out onto the beach and then the camera like pans down the beach a few minutes later and the dog is like basically on someone else's property (laughs) just laying in the sand and they're all like ha 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 the dog is having so much fun and then in the second house they don't show the dog entering the house with them, but at one point the camera zooms over and the dog is laying on the person's couch. Yeah. Like, you realize someone owns that couch, right? <laughs> and now they're going to turn on Cottage Life one of these <laughs> days, and they're going to be like, uh, who the fuck let that dog
1: on my couch? <laughs> uh, it's so bad. So l- let's talk about the eccentric couple on episode number two. <laughs> So they live on Prince
0: Edward Island, and uh, the woman is a chef, and they don't say what her husband does, but when the woman was a child, there was a song on the radio (laughs) that had something to do with being married to a lighthouse keeper, and so she decided that it was her life dream to either marry a lighthouse keeper or live near a lighthouse, And so her whole home search is predicated on looking for a house with a view of a lighthouse. Sure. Sure, sure. Sure, sure. Um. And spoiler alert, she ends up buying a house that has a lighthouse attached to it.
1: That has so many stairs for someone who's that old. (laughs) I don't know. She was looking pretty spry. For now, but a house is an investment. (laughs) what? If she has like a 15-year mortgage, she'll be chill.
0: <laughs> I mean, they started her looking at a $650,000 house and they ended with her buying a $250,000 house. So like, how much mortgage could she really have if she was prepared to buy a $600,000 house? Fair. I'm just fair, saying, fair. girl had a down payment. And
1: they, they also don't talk any, like about the neighborhood they're moving into nope. or why they're moving besides weird whims about lighthouses or like do they have another house and is this a summer house unclear super
0: unclear this show is really not here to answer questions though this show is just like house of the view Ooh, water We want to look at stuff Look at that view. And every room they walk into in every episode, the realtor is like, and the view out of this window. And the family's like, oh, look at the view. It's like, like, (laughs) if you wanted to make a drinking game for this show, you could not drink when they say view because you would
1: be toasted by the end of like the opener. You could definitely waterfall every time they talk about the power of the ocean, though. Yes.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh, it drove me crazy in both episodes. They're on the ocean. They're looking at houses on the ocean. And both sets of couples walk into like every room and are like, "Oh, I can smell the salt. I can smell the ocean." It's like, "Well, no shit you can. You're looking for a house on the ocean." <laughs> it's sort of like in House Hunters when people walk into the kitchen and say, "Oh, I could see myself cooking here." It's like, "Well, no shit. It's a kitchen." Right. It's the same same shit. Same shit different house hunters.
1: But for whatever reason, this show does not have the sticking power of any dumb HGTV show that I will watch seven episodes of. I think because the
0: premise is dumb. It's like, so And don't dumb. get me wrong. There are a lot of dumb premises. Like when I was on vacation, I was watching HGTV in the hotel room because you have to. And one of the shows <laughs> that was on was My Dream Lottery Home. And it's people who won the lottery and are now buying houses. Like right. that's a pretty like transparent Premise. That's dumb. The only thing that was great is that David Bromstad was the host, and I haven't seen him in forever. I know. Oh my god, I missed him so much. So, but this is like this is a thin fucking premise.
1: <laughs> so, what you're saying is, if you want to watch a show about a, finding a house with a view, you should watch Beachfront Bargain Hunt instead of, yep, looking for a house with a view or whatever the fuck this show is called. <laughs> 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 view my house
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and that's the problem right is like people really like house hunting shows but i don't i i haven't looked at like the viewership to know if this is actually an issue but networks don't seem to feel confident in just having a full slate of house hunters It's like we're not content just having house hunters we have to have like tiny house hunters house hunters international house hunters divorcee
1: hey, house hey, hunters hey. for dogs like let's not hate on my favorite hate watch of all time <laughs> tiny house hunters
0: <laughs> like yurt hunters like it's... <laughs> i would watch that too it's <laughs> gtv if you're looking for the host of yurt hunters i'm ready for you <laughs> But but the point is like clearly there's an appetite for that so you don't need to keep throwing these like very thin veils of premise on top of it right like the veneer of like house with a view is stupid like i watched an entire episode about a woman who wanted to look at a lighthouse <laughs> <laughs> that is not a compelling motivation for taking out a loan
1: it's not
0: I don't think if I had to if I had to look at my budgeting software if I had to go to you need a budget and look at the line item for mortgage I don't think I could just type in I like lighthouses and that would count as one of the four steps of the methodology.
1: Are you really glad you got that plug in? Yeah. <laughs> we really like our budgeting software guys.
0: We really like our, we really like it.
1: You need a budget you should get it. Also real talk did you Enter the contest to win a yurt at LL Bean last weekend.
0: Ugh, no, but I thought about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I literally walked
0: past it, was like, "Oh, a yurt!" I know. <laughs> so Kelsey and I took the same vacation, but like a week apart, and uh, we both went through Freeport, <laughs> where the big LL Bean is, and they were giving away your dream yurt. It wasn't just a yurt; it was it a was dream, dream yurt. yurt. <laughs> I don't think L.L. Bean is fucking ready for what my dream year actually looks like.
1: No, they don't make that type of material. No.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about Pinterest lies, by the way, throwing it back to last week. Um, no, many no. weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> time is nebulous. Nothing fucks you harder than time. Um. Anyway, so... <laughs>
1: I was just trying to think of the line and realized you already said it. <laughs> In fairness to you, a lot just happened.
0: <laughs> it was like a stone rolling down a hill. I just couldn't catch up with it. Oh,
1: boy. I, oh, God.
0: Um. So, view. Views, view. The view. Yeah, she bought a lighthouse.
1: <laughs> she did buy a lighthouse. The,
0: the, and, and the other couple, in case you're wondering, bought the $9 million home.
1: They kind of shrugged it off as like, eh.
0: The thing that drove me the most crazy about that family, the the California-Austria family, is the realtor would reveal the price every time, and at least one of them, if not two of them, would go, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's about right for, for this area. It's like, you don't fucking know. Right. You're 15. You don't know. Oh, that girl was the worst. It was worst. always her. She was the worst. She was the worst. Yeah. There were like two different houses where she was the first to speak when the realtor gave the number and she's like, mm, yeah, that's what I would expect. It's like, no, it's not.
1: <laughs> you know what I was doing when I was 15? What? Like Recording VHS tapes of Harry Potter. I was not <laughs> out shopping for a $9 million house
0: no no it reminds me actually of our conversation about cowbells oh
1: yes
0: (laughs) like it sounds like someone needs to send her to a dairy processing facility
1: i had blocked that movie out of my brain (laughs) i edited
0: that episode so i didn't (laughs) Mm, i'm sorry (laughs) that was bad uh yeah i hate watch for a different day (laughs) Um, so, so, uh, what did we miss in our viewing of this view, the house view?
1: I don't think I saw the ocean enough. mm
0: uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh-huh. You didn't have an ocean view from every room,
1: no. <laughs> that one room where that chick had to like crane her neck out the window to see it—that was tough.
0: <laughs> well, the the second house for the lighthouse lady, they walk into some room. I don't. It doesn't even matter which. Mm-hmm. And the realtor's like, "So you can't see the lighthouse from this room, but you can from the next one." <laughs> it's, and she's like trying to break the news gently. It's like the lighthouse is there. Like, I, you may not have developed object permanence, and that's fine. But like, the lighthouse is there, whether or not you can see it from your
1: view. <laughs> That woman was also very excited about a very small room that was open floor plan.
0: (laughs) She also, every time the realtor would say the word view, she would whip around and go, fantastic. It's fantastic.
1: (laughs) Spectacular.
0: Fantastic. They walk up to the first house, and there's rose bushes growing wild in the yard, and the realtor points them out, and she goes, oh, good, I can make rose hip jelly. (laughs) Well, thank the Lord above. I was so worried. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, Like, What's for sale with a view?
1: What's for sale with rose hips? (laughs) <laughs> oh canada never changed. <laughs>
0: oh my god
1: so so speaking of something that's got a lot of ups and downs
0: yeah speaking of that so if you have any thoughts about um that show or other home buying shows we've got plenty to say there's lots here to work with um you can find us on twitter at This or send us emails us at gmail.com yeah.
1: Tell us what you think. Yeah. Tell us if you've watched this really wonderful program that Netflix has brought to us while still not bringing us any more seasons of Grand Designs. Yeah, we don't get more Grand Designs, but
0: we get this shit. Speaking of, though, please do like a one versus the other and like do do like one for one, an episode of What's for Sale with a View and an episode of Grand Designs and then hit us. Yeah, please do that. That'd be so fun. That's like really valuable research. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want the guy in the first What's For Sale with a View, I want his scarf to go up against Kevin's bespoke suit.
0: Hey, Kevin had some pretty ball and scarves too.
1: I know. Like, they could go head to head.
0: That's true. Good old <laughs> Reinhardt. I don't, I can't remember what his name was. I just decided that that's it. <laughs> that works for me. That seems <laughs> legit. So, uh, some stuff that's not television. Transition video time. games.
1: <laughs> this is my favorite time. Uh,
0: yeah, it, it always goes really well. <laughs> <laughs> it's smooth, like a rendering of a roller coaster on the original Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, wow. That hurt. <laughs> that was, yeah. It didn't feel like a reach when I started it, and then I got halfway through... <laughs>
1: You didn't just want to make a jump from like three D houses on your computer to what's for sale with the view? No, all right. that didn't work. All right, <laughs> we both tried, and now we're here. We're all here at the same time. <laughs>
0: Listened back to um the first episode about formative media, you'll hear the moment that we decided to talk about video games. And it's because Kelsey was talking about video games that were important to her as a child. And then we both sort of realized at the same moment that there has been a revival of the simulator genre, um, particularly with City Skylines and Planet Coaster. And we are both big fans of those franchises. Uh, and so in the episode we get very excited about it and I say I'll add it to the spreadsheet and I did while we recorded and now here we are and it's finally time to have that conversation.
1: I'm really glad you included showing off about our spreadsheet
0: <laughs> We our spreadsheet is a work of art. side note I saw <laughs> I saw a thing on Facebook the other day that there is like a national competition circuit for spreadsheet building <laughs>
1: <laughs> How do we enter? <laughs> Just give us the prize now. Just give us the prize now. Like, I am so ready to enter
0: that competition. I know Um, you are. I would be really good at that. So, uh, yeah, we have a spreadsheet is, like, the bottom line. Just put in the plug for our own spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about video games. Let's do that. It's your turn
1: now. I've I've done a lot of shit in the last few minutes. <laughs> you did the hard work here. So I think our initial conversation about this was talking about how we liked the original versions of a lot of these games and how they suddenly dropped off the face of the earth because they got terrible. So terrible. So terrible. So I think my... F- I can't remember what my entry point was into the simulator genre. I don't know if it was The Sims or Roller Coaster Tycoon, but
0: mine was Roller Coaster Tycoon, and I bought it at Costco. <laughs> cool story.
1: <laughs> Tell it again.
0: <laughs> well, I can actually because then I bought Zoo Tycoon at Costco.
1: Oh my god, Zoo Tycoon is trash. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I am offended.
0: Good. Not only did I have Zoo Tycoon, but I had Zoo Tycoon two and all the expansion packs. Those the expansion were, like, packs rip-offs. were lit. They were, they were so rip-offs. fucking good.
1: They were. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. I don't even think they were distributed by whatever company distributed Roller Tycoon. Yeah, they copied their intellectual property. And so sold it. So
0: it wasn't like we're not talking about like lemonade stand tycoon, which is a legitimate game that was also sold at Costco.
1: Also trash
0: also trash but zoo tycoon (laughs) was the fucking shit because you know in roller coaster tycoon we'll get back on track don't worry about it guys but you know in roller coaster tycoon how you could drown people in the little pools around your roller coaster well in zoo tycoon you could do that but you could also feed them to whales
1: were you that guy when you played these games yes oh (laughs) you're not the person i thought you were (laughs)
0: Um, in SimCity three thousand, I used to use the cheat codes to unleash plagues on cities after I got them up and functioning.
1: Wow, that tells you a lot about you, huh? Here <laughs> sure we did a whole two episodes on formative media, and you didn't bring that up.
0: <laughs> okay, but when I played The Sims, I didn't do anything mean to them. Yeah, you know, like either. when uh, when my friends would play The Sims, they would do things like trap them in the bathroom without access to food, or like. They'd put them in a room with no doors and yeah. wait and see what they did. Like, I never did that kind of stuff. No. I wasn't mean to the people. Just the animals. No, no, no. I was mean to the people in those games. Well, because in Roller oh. Coaster Tycoon and Zoo Tycoon, it's different because the point, the subject of the game is the roller coasters and the animals, not the little people. Those are right. just in there to make the mechanics of the money in your park work.
1: Right. Fair, Because you're not
0: going to make income without the little people, but the people aren't the point. So if you're mean to the people, it doesn't really matter. <laughs>
1: This is going well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So So, anyway, anyway, we like video games. My prime example of why I think The Sims succeeded was because it had just enough variety and choices for you to make without being too much or too little. So when you were like building your house which is what i was there for in the sims i didn't really care about playing the game that's still true for me i
0: just bought sims 4 and built like three houses and haven't played it since
1: yeah so when you were building the house on the original sims you had enough that you could put the house together you knew like what was the fancy stove and what was the shitty stove (laughs) and that's all you needed and it was great so are you saying that you're like anti the later sims Yeah. Well, like The Sims 2 in particular is where things got really off the rails because it was more like you could have custom skins and stuff. So you'd go on all these virusy websites and get your like Star Wars skins, which I had, and (laughs) put them into the game and then it would break your game like nine times out of ten. And it was terrible. I feel like the second generation
0: of all those games sucked, though. True. Like Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is for shit. Sue no. Tycoon 2 held up. Yeah, Roller Coaster Tycoon 2 is the worst.
1: I don't know about that. <laughs> That's the one I thought was better. No, it's terrible. But I think when, when like we got to Sims 3 time, it was like too much about the town and didn't give me enough time to just play with the house part. Yeah. So like, the actual gameplay was very focused on like getting out of your house, and who wants to do that when you can be inside your closet all day? Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, what you're telling me right now is that The Sims outgrew you.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 Listen. <laughs> uh, but what's interesting about The Sims is that there has not really been a revival attempt with the nostalgia play yet.
0: No, and I I wonder if it's because Sims, like proprietary Sims has stayed pretty strong. Like, they rode for a very long time on the success of Sims 3 and just released expansion packs for, like, it probably wasn't 10 years, but it felt like it could have been 10 years. The expansion packs were always such a ripoff. Yeah, I do not understand Sims expansion packs, like, to this day. When I bought Sims 4 last year, I tried getting an expansion pack because I was like, maybe I'll care more about it. And I don't. But all of my friends were super into the expansion packs. Like, they had
1: many of them. I think it's, like, the same as when your friends had, like, eight American Girl dolls and you only had two. (laughs) They just wanted to show off. I was gonna say, like, that is not an equation I'm familiar
0: with because what? Like, that is a Samantha-like universe in which you can have more than one
1: American Girl doll. Well, Just saying. Okay, but 1 to 2 was kind of the same. (laughs) Oh my
0: god. So anyway, I think, like, Sims has been able to keep putting out games. Sims 4 is not that old and I think is doing all right. I didn't even know there was a Sims 4. Yeah, I didn't know either. Um, Last year, while I was waiting for Planet Coaster to officially drop, Uh. I decided to get back into all of the games. So I had just gotten City Skylines, and I got... I tried to get the original Roller Coaster Tycoon, but they only had Roller Coaster Tycoon 2, which is how I realized that that game sucks. And Zoo Tycoon is not on Steam, which is unfortunate.
1: I got the original Roller Coaster Tycoon. It's available somewhere. Yeah, I
0: feel like I do have it. I just don't remember. That game, of all of the Roller Coaster Tycoon franchise, the first one holds up the best.
1: It is great. The music, I think, will also be stuck in my head forever.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think it might actually be the reason why I don't listen to music while I play video games. I think really? that might be where that originated. I play all video games on mute, except sometimes I listen to Planet Coaster because you inspired me. That has the best soundtrack. It has such a good soundtrack. But I later played Roller Coaster Tycoon 3, which I also bought at Costco. And I also had, I don't think it was Planet Co- or, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon proprietary, but it was something similar for the PlayStation 2. That was terrible. And I tried playing Roller Coaster Tycoon Mobile.
1: Yeah, it's not good. Which
0: is even worse than Sims Mobile.
1: Yeah. I Like, all of the non computer versions of these games have been terrible. I remember yeah. I had, like, Sims for Wii or GameCube or something, oh, and that was I didn't bad. Know that was even a thing. It sounds oh, like yeah. it a nightmare. Yeah, it was a nightmare.
0: Yeah. So this genre has had a revival recently. So after, like, after the third generation of the games, I feel like, so Roller Coaster Tycoon, Tycoon 3, um, SimCity 3000, I feel like the games started to like drop off and maybe that's when consoles started to get really big. I'd have to look at a timeline to confirm that. But I feel like that in my memory falls in the timeline of like the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Yeah. So then there was sort of like a drought for a long time. And then in the last couple of years, two games in particular have come to the forefront that have completely revived the genre. I believe they're both out of, like, indie developers. Yeah. So there's City Skylines and Planet Coaster. I think City Skylines came first. It did. And then Planet Coaster followed up. And Planet Coaster is hilarious because they managed to scoop Roller Coaster Tycoon. So Roller Coaster Tycoon has a reboot coming that I... The last time I checked was probably six months ago and um, after Planet Coaster had dropped their alpha. And uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon hadn't dropped theirs yet.
1: Yeah, we abruptly changed our plans to buy Roller Coaster Tycoon so we could buy Planet Coaster instead.
0: And it was the right choice. Mm-hmm. From everything I've read, Roller Coaster Tycoon completely fucked up their chance to reboot, and Planet Coaster, like, now has the market share.
1: It's so fun.
0: Yeah, so, like, props to indie developers, first of all. But also, like, I love that the genre has had a reboot. It's one of the few reboots that I will ever Like, go to bat for. Yeah. And if you ever find yourself with a few minutes, a lot of the video game journalists like wrote some really interesting pieces about the fact that the genre is coming back and how these developers managed to bring it back and improve upon the original genre. Really fun read, good way to like throw back to what the original games were like.
1: Yeah. I think Planet Coaster in particular is, um, it's interesting because there's a lot more to do. And there's a lot more options of how you can play the game. So there's like a sandbox mode if you want to play like Minecraft style. If you want to do like a classic challenge mode, like that's what I'm here for because I need motivation. So they Mm -hmm. have those. There's like career modes. There's all these different types of things. It is so granular in how you can customize the game. But you can typically succeed without having to do all of that very detailed work so like if you build a building you can choose every single panel of every single piece mm-hmm. of the wall like what type of material you want it to be and do you want a window here or do you want a window here like it's very very detailed if you want to play that way it lets you and if you don't you can still succeed which is great
0: yeah i did learn through doing it that way so they have like pre-built shops, and then you can also buy the storefront and then build your own facade around it using all of the skins that they use for their pre-made shops, and it's all by theme, um, like theme park theme. And I did learn that the best way to increase your income quickly is to build like a food court. So you -hmm. take like 10 shops and you line them all up on one stretch of path, and then you put one single themed facade on it. And you get increased what is it your the like points for your park? Yeah, what are, I can't remember what they're called. You it's get like points park for your like park, It's not. Yeah. yeah, I think it's park points. You get points for your park looking cool, like having a lot of thematic shit. And you get additional points at each ride for decor. So you have to decorate each ride mm-hmm. um, around the queue to get e- extra points. But if you put a bunch of storefronts in one space and then put a single facade on them. You don't have to do as much decorating, but you get the same amount of
1: points. Yeah. And you increase your income. The hardest thing I've encountered, and I think you've had the same problem, is in the challenge modes, career modes, one of those, they get very specific on your roller coaster, which is fair, Mm -hmm. because that's the premise of the game. But it'll be like, you have to reach this velocity, but not make people puke, but also be this tall and go i don't know like there's all these different specifics that you have to follow to beat the challenge and it is so hard so hard i still can't beat that one i think it's the
0: last i can't park either. of the like intermediate career level it's a park that's on two sides of like a chasm yeah and you have to like build a roller coaster with you know what kelsey's saying it has to be like a really high velocity with really low nausea and it has to have like a 300 foot drop or something stupid so you have to build the roller coaster into the chasm and it's so difficult I haven't been able to beat it yeah it makes me very angry and the developers have said that one of the things that they wanted to focus on is like realism like they wanted it to be a more strategic game and to sort of force your thinking Mm -hmm. as a park manager and when I read it I was like well that's kind of fun and that's kind of interesting and I can appreciate why they'd want you to, why they'd want the game to sort of force your hand that way. And then I played it and most of the time it doesn't bother me. But like, there were a couple instances where I was like, why are you making me work at this? <laughs> All I wanted to do was crash a coaster. Right. You know, like in Roller Coaster Tycoon, I used to just make roller coasters that I knew no one would want to ride because I thought it was funny when the little, little characters would get off and puke everywhere. <laughs> But Planet Coaster de-incentivizes that kind of behavior. It does. It also doesn't let you crash your coasters. No. So what's the point?
1: It is pretty impressive. There's a lot of like YouTube videos of people's custom rides. that are mm-hmm. unbelievable.
0: Yeah, it's one of the few corners of Twitch that I'm willing to deal with. Wow. Yeah. So I haven't been playing City Skylines recently because uh, there was one particular moment that did it for me. That's also a game that focuses somewhat on being, like, granular and detail-oriented and, like, sort of forcing you to pay attention to what you're doing. hmm Which can be challenging at times. But I downloaded the, like, whatever their winter pack was. Yep. And basically that allows you, it allows snow to happen in your town. And then it means that you have to plow your town. So you have to, like have a garage with plow trucks and then you have to deploy them in a certain territory and like make sure your streets are plowed and i did this in the middle of winter and i think i've mentioned before that i work in municipal government (laughs) and it got too real it got way too real. real i had this moment where i was really angry at the public works garage in my in my city skylines in my simulated town And I was trying to figure out how to get the plow trucks to go a certain route because there was one road in town that wasn't getting plowed. And in the middle of me yelling at my computer screen about it, the voice of my city manager ran through my head yelling about the exact same thing. And I logged off of my computer.
1: (laughs) So for context, City Skylines is like the SimCity ripoff that has come back. It's so much better than SimCity. It's better. It is better. Yeah, I actually haven't played that much because I broke it. (laughs) (laughs) How do you break it? Humble brag. (laughs) I made such a good city that the game didn't work the way it was supposed to anymore and I got frustrated. What does that even mean? I made the perfect city and everything ran so smoothly, that there weren't any problems for me to fix anymore, and it got boring. <laughs> oh my god. And it it was just like, <laughs> it was a lot. Anyway, if you want all the details about how to make the perfect city, find me on Twitter at Hate Watch with Us. <laughs> but Cities is fun. They've been releasing a lot of random expansion packs like the winter one there's a music festival one that's Ooh. new there was one that we got with like entertainment and tourism so and there's one with catastrophes now so you can enable catastrophes Ooh. yeah so i i might play with that a little bit again because i think that would be a good challenge
0: i loved that part of SimCity 3000 so they had one career mode in SimCity city 3000 where uh it was the london fire so the city looks like london and when you start the entire city is on fire and you have to put the whole city out and then mm. rebuild it and meet certain achievements or you could like it, if there were certain problems happening in your city then you could like unleash a plague on it and destroy that part of the city and start over again that's fun yeah like the as much as it sounds like I'm torturing little CGI people, for, like, game purposes, for the strategy of, like, the world building, it's fun.
1: Yeah. I never actually grew up with any of the Sim Cities. I, like, watched people play them, but I never owned them myself.
0: That's crazy to me. I know. Did you only have Rollercoaster Tycoon? And The Sims. And The Sims. But it sounds like you were more of a Sims player.
1: Yeah. I No, I split my time pretty evenly. Mm. I feel like in my in my group of people, like,
0: Sims was a social game, and Roller Coaster Tycoon was, like, a an anti-social game.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
0: Like, we would create, whenever we'd go over to a sleepover, we'd start a new game file and create a bunch of people and sort of play out that game and, like,
1: build that house and whatever, and then that game file would kind of die. Yeah, the tricky part about The Sims is, like, as much as it was social, it was still one person driving. yeah. It was, like, very awkward
0: (laughs) waiting for everyone to, like, do all your clicks. Yeah. You know what's interesting is I never felt motivated by The Sims. So, like, The Sims has tried to be achievement-oriented, especially more recently where, like, you have to get your Sim a job and, you know, all that stuff. But I have never really felt any sense of, like, urgency or desire even to meet those achievements. that But I do in Planet Coaster. And City Skylines. That's and th- true. that's been true for me for, like, all the
1: iterations of those games. Yeah. Um, what's up with that? I don't know. It's interesting. I think it's that, like, they put those at the forefront and The Sims doesn't. And so they'll just randomly be like, oh, look at you. You got a new job or you got older or whatever. Right. I think the only thing I've ever tried with The Sims is, like, starting out with the house and playing it the way it was meant to without cheat codes. <laughs> what? <laughs> to build your house. So, like, you actually have to go to work and earn money to, like, build your house. So I'm a weird person, and I was a weird kid,
0: and <laughs> that's what I did. Sometimes. I don't think I know anybody who played The Sims without cheat codes. I did
1: it for fun sometimes.
0: That's so funny. I know. Actually, one thing that has been a major gripe for me as I've gotten into these new games is... All of the games back in the day came with cheat codes. Like, not yeah. on the box or anything, but, like, the cheat codes were written into the code.
1: That's how they work.
0: Right. Like, cheat codes. But I, I say <laughs> that purposefully because the new games don't have them. True. Like, developers are not writing cheats into the code anymore. You have to play by the rules. Why, though? Like, half the fun was the cheat codes. And, like, the the game, like, the developers earn nothing additional by you using or not using the cheat code so if I go into sandbox mode and I hit shift dollar sign for three hours like I used to do that I'd go into sandbox mode and put a tape dispenser on my shift key and a piece of tape on my four until I got to unlimited dollars which why took approximately do that? like an hour because it took forever why didn't you just use mother load oh no is on roller coaster tycoon they didn't have mother load
1: Oh, I was like, wait,
0: ship dollar sign.
1: I thought you were doing that on The Sims. I was concerned. No, 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 no. Fair, fair.
0: Like, if I want to do that in the sandbox mode or whatever mode I'm in, what difference does it make to the developer? I've already paid them. Me earning money in the game makes no difference to the developer. True. So I like I started this conversation on Facebook when I first got Planet Coaster and was like, why the hell are there no cheat codes in modern games? And someone said something along those lines like oh developers 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 and i just like i don't buy that argument because there's nothing in it for them that's interesting
1: i don't really have an answer yeah because i would say bonus content but it, that doesn't impact that either
0: no it doesn't
1: hmm.
0: especially because like another interesting thing that's been happening with games in an age of steam is developers release their beta Which is what Planet Coaster is in and what Minecraft is still in. And they just sort of never take it out of beta. Like, there's never a final stage. And so you're always kind of getting bonus content because they're always adding more code to the game. Yeah. Astroneer is the same way. Like, Astroneer is technically, I think it's even technically still in alpha. But, you know, people are already buying it on Steam and playing it. Is that one of those
1: fucking space games? Yeah. I can't.
0: Yeah, it's Minecraft, but in space. Um, so you like get elements and build your little yeah, I know, uh,
1: I know, I've space hub
0: being. The only thing that's interesting about Astroneer to me, as opposed to other games like Minecraft, is that you have a limited amount of oxygen before you have to go back to your base. Yeah. So, like, and like, you can build little like oxygen lines out to wherever you're going, but again, you have to be like more strategic. So I almost feel like there's all these tycoon games and building games, but it's like all of the developers also wanted to make them puzzle games on top of being just sandbox games. I kind of
1: like that, though.
0: I don't hate it. It's just interesting. It's like a different, yeah, like a different shift in how developers seem to be thinking about the genre.
1: Yeah. I feel like I need some direction when I play games like this, so I appreciate any type of, like do this then do this type Mm. of structure
0: yeah it's funny when i was younger i didn't ever play challenger career mode i only did sandbox um or what i I don't think they were calling it sandbox back then but like whatever the open mode was that's the only way i ever played and i would build these like really stupid parks and i would have unlimited money and i was just like trying to see how dumb my roller coaster could be and whatever Now I find... I've tried playing a couple times on Planet Coaster in sandbox mode, and I didn't like the parks that I built at all. Like, I've only enjoyed really playing in career mode. Yeah. Like, I find myself being more achievement-based now that I'm an adult. (laughs) Shocker. (laughs) Well, like, does it mean that the world has crushed my spirit to the point where I can't even be, like, free-spirited in my video games?
1: Yep. (laughs)
0: So then is that what happened to game developers, too? Is that why they're so achievement-based?
1: Maybe. It's
0: like millennials have now come into the game development market, and we're all just broken souls. (laughs)
1: Millennials (laughs) do ruin everything.
0: We do ruin everything. However, we are responsible for rebooting the simulator genre. Yeah, and we're happy about it. We're extremely happy about it. I don't know. Are there any other games that they should revive? I'm going to be waiting for... Portal 3 for my whole life. Yeah, I've only played one stage of Portal, but I feel like I love Portal. I love Portal so like, much. if someone were to ask me without knowing that I'm a bad liar, I'd be like, yeah, I fucking love Portal.
1: <laughs> I've only
0: played, like, one stage of it, so I don't That's know where that comes so from. so <laughs> fun. I wouldn't hate a DDR revival. Like, I know there's Just Dance, but Just Dance, I've, I've done lots of Just Dance. I work with kids. Just Dance is not the same as DDR. Mm-hmm. There is like some magic with DDR that just dance does not have.
1: Yeah, that's fair. If you have thoughts or feelings.
0: Or if let you us know. know more about video games than we do and like Yeah, we don't know less like
1: we I mean, we just like kind of click the buttons.
0: Like we're not video game experts. We just watch TV. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> true. <laughs> hey, everyone has their specialty. Yeah, if you know more about video games than we do and wanna like chime in about the genre or like teach us some stuff like we'd like that enlightenment or if you just have thoughts in general about these video games if you have ideas about like urban planning in city skylines or super cool coasters that you've built or other theme park ideas like if you want to talk about the stuff you're building in your game send it all to us yeah at hate watch with us or hate watch with us at gmail.com
1: yeah and make sure to check out Our friends at Thought Bubble Audio, thoughtbubbleaudio.com, has all of their other shows. So there's things like Beer with Geeks, where some great friends who are counterparts to us almost, you know, they have a few beers. They talk (laughs) about nerdy things. There's Academy Rewind, where they're talking about uh, Best Picture nominees for the Oscars. There's some show specific ones, so if you're into Supergirl on the CW or Krypton on Sci-Fi, there are dedicated podcasts for those shows, and it's all really great. So check it out. Yeah. If you like our
0: sensibilities, you will enjoy the sensibilities of all of our friends at Thought Bubble Audio. Yeah. We're not the only ones making new friends. You listeners are making new friends too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right well we'll be back at it next week with more hate watching and things (laughs) we will we'll see you next time thanks for listening bye Bye.
0: god forbid i put my phone down because i got distracted by something
1: else you say phone like you're from canada
0: don't tell me (laughs) how i live my life you don't know me